grateful to what the Lord is doing because he's doing it in, in the body. And most of what I'm going to share this morning, actually, we've already sung. Because that's how he leads us, you know. And um, he's, uh, he's doing good things. This is a great time to be part of the kingdom. Really. It's a, it's a time of phenomenal advance in the kingdom. And um, just uh, the Lord just, one of the photos up there, it was so good to see so many of the church leaders, international leaders who've been, been here over the years. Um, most of them are very, very dear friends. Um, but uh, my friend Paul Manwaring, he, he talks about kisses from a good God. When, when God just puts a little cherry on the top. And uh, I've just been so aware of, of that just in the, in the last few hours. Um, I, uh, you know, last night was quite, quite hot. And, um, and so it was a bit of a restless night. And um, Lisa had given me some really good advice. She said, you know, probably you should get ready for this morning's message. I should get ready yesterday. <laughs> Which is good advice. And um, anyway, so, I, so I, I changed my alarm to, to one of my backup sort of alarms, and that's 555. And uh, as the alarm went off, just felt the Lord just saying that this is a new season of grace. I mean, you know, turning 55 today. Although I still think it should have been 35. That's, that's, that's my story and I'm going to stick to it. Um, but then just uh, messages from, from the guys on the apostolic team and and they started wishing me Happy New Year. They just have a sense that we're actually, and then Daryl was just praying transition, that we're transitioning into times of glory, times of grace. Um, and I just felt in the time of worship, the Lord was just saying, he's going to do serious multiplication amongst us as the family. So... It's lovely to be family, but we're going to look back on this moment, probably just in a few years' time. We're kind of like, wow, remember when we were so small, and we were such an intimate family, and now look how big the family's become. That's because of what he's wanting to do. Yeah, it's not about any individual. We know this, right? We, we, we know this. It's about what he's doing. And it's just a, such a, an immense privilege to be a part of what he's doing. Yeah, just each of us, we do our little piece. Come on. Each of us, it's just small little pieces. But if each of us does our little piece, the kingdom advances radically. Because there's a multiplication when we add it all together. Yeah? So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Where shall I preach from this morning? 
See, see, he did his part. He said, go to the Bible. That's a good start. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. The Lord has been putting things into our hearts and our lives over, over many years. And what I'm hopefully going to get to share today um, is, is something of the dream <laughs> that Daryl was praying. Something of the dream which ties in with your dream. It's, yeah, you can tell I was a bit undone today. Try and do. Okay, so First Peter chapter two and verse four. As you come to Him, the living stone, we were singing that the first song. Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In fact, if you pick it up in verse 3, it says, Now you have tasted that the Lord is good. And we were singing about that as well this morning. So it's all about the Lord's goodness. We taste and see that He is good. And, and one of the things that we as a company of people are on about is the goodness of God. That he's a good father. Yeah, yeah? I mean, we've been on about this for yo, nearly 20 years. That so many people encountered a religious version of God. Many people in South Africa in denominational Christianity it was, you better sit still in church because God is going to get you if you don't. And you would be careful how you lived your life because of a fear that God had a big holy shambok. And he was going to sort you out. If you don't pay your tithes, watch out. He's going to get you. Yeah? If you, if you speed on the highway, you, you know, so this... this unfortunate misrepresentation of the character of God, that God was angry, grumpy. And, and so we needed to, to prophetically demonstrate, to reveal to people that God is actually a good father. He's not an abusive father. And too many people have projected a religious image of an abusive father onto God. And that's not right. No, now that we've come and we've tasted and we've seen, he's a good father. Yeah? We're motivated. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance is a change of heart and a change of mind and a change of living direction. And so it's out of his goodness that we've, wow, it's amazing. We want to run after him. He is the desire of the nations. He's the attractive one that attracts people to heaven. 
We don't have to frighten people out of hell. Let's present the reality of the goodness of God and that eternity is not sitting on a cloud strumming on a harp. It's a deception to try and keep people away from discovering the reality of the goodness of who our Heavenly Father is. The enemy is always spreading fake news. Distorting things. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, and as you come to him, the living stone, he's the, he's that cornerstone. He's that first stone. You know, we started a series, we may finish in about the year 2030. <laughs> um, but about... From Isaiah 51, look to the rock from which you were cut, the, the quarry from which you were hewn. And, and this cornerstone is a hewn stone. It's, a, it's, a, it's the first stone of the foundation and everything else is taken its, its line, its direction, its bearing from that first cornerstone. And Jesus is the living stone, the cornerstone. He's that, the, the point of departure. Everything comes into alignment with Jesus. It's all about him. It's not about church. It's not about doing stuff for him. It's coming to him. It's coming into alignment with him. It's being connected with him, to him. That he's the precious one. And you also, verse 5, and you know, we've spoken many times over the years that the heavenly language really helps us with this. Because in Afrikaans, you can tell the difference between yay and yilla. But in Afrikaans, you know, we, we, we get that, the, 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 the sense of, is it singular or plural? The best we can do in English is, hey, use. Because we're the sheep of his pasture. I had to get a dad joke in there somewhere. But it, as yous come to him, it's not as you individually, you're a living stone. No, it's together corporately. When we understand that he is fitting us together into this living structure. And it's for a purpose. He's called us on purpose and for a purpose. And when we gather together here, it's, you know... Love it when, when we gathered. We also know that this is just our coming together to be equipped, strengthened, encouraged. But the most important part of a Christian's life is Monday through Saturday. That this sort of two, three hour stretch on a Sunday morning isn't the most important part of your life as a believer. 
Our role here is to strengthen, equip, encourage, and point you to the fact that, hey, there's work to be done. Come on, let's do it. And we just come back a week later, hey, how did it go? Yeah? How much of the devil did we actually get under our feet? Look, it's lovely to have you in the building. <laughs> Truly it is. But if it's all we're doing, oh my goodness, we're deceiving ourselves. The salt was never meant to be just in the container. For the salt to have effect, it's actually got to be spread around. Verse 5, so you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. The word there for house, spiritual temple, spiritual house, it's actually oikos, from which we also get the word family. We're a spiritual family that's being built together. This is so beautiful in terms of the richness of what the Holy Spirit's trying to get through to us what he's doing and why he's called us together and, and what breakthrough is all about. Mm -hmm. That we would be a, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's drop down to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Oh my goodness. The people to whom Peter was writing this letter, he was writing to these people who were scattered all over the place, and, uh, and, and he's, he's speaking to them and he's telling them, actually, you are the people of God. And they knew exactly, immediately, what Peter was referring to. Because they knew the scriptures. They had a context which us Gentiles don't really have. We have to go and, and, and grab it and try and bring it in. But instinctively, they knew exactly what Peter was referring to. You see, Peter was bringing in those first few verses in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, and these verses 9 and 10. And he's bringing these things together in the most beautiful and glorious way. And I'm hoping that I'm going to try and convey it to you in the next three hours. You see... There was a prophetic word Isaiah brought in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Jesus picks up on this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19. As he basically stands up and he gives the manifesto of his ministry. He hasn't done ministry yet. He's about to start his ministry and he stands up in the synagogue and he says, guys, this is what it's about. He reads from Isaiah 61. They roll up the scroll, put it down. Everybody's like, 
what are you saying? And he says, today, this is being fulfilled right here in your company, in your presence, in your hearing. In verse 6 of Isaiah 61, right? Now, if you've been around breakthrough for any length of time, you know that Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 7, are like key core foundational scriptures for us. God has spoken this to us over and over again. This is kind of gives us the get up and go in the morning. And in verse 6, let's see if we can get there. You asked me to go to the Bible, so I will. In my Bible here, this page is nearly falling out because I keep going there and it's like loosely held in. Verse 6, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. But the real thing there, you'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. Back to 1 Peter 2. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Verse 5, living stones built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. So there's a prophetic word Peter's picking up on from Isaiah. Jesus fulfills this. He's talking to God's people through various lockdowns and all kinds of things. They've been scattered into different areas. And he's saying, this is you. This is what's been spoken of you. Hmm? But there's, a, there's an even bigger context. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. We were in Exodus 19 last week. And verse 4, Exodus 19. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. You see, this was always God's intention that he would have a people for himself. And not just a people who would occupy a land and, you know, have uh, milk and honey and, you know, have the most amazing, you know, place that God had reserved for them. It was much more than just, hey, I've got a land for you. No, you will be unto me a whole nation of priests. Not just one tribe, but the whole nation. You're going to be those who would minister to me. So Peter picks up on this thing and says, guys, we are being built together like living stones to be this place of his dwelling, this family, this household, this building. 
And it's in order that we can offer up spiritual sacrifices. He's drawing of their understanding of the old covenant as they are now people, ministers in the new covenant, but they're drawing from something they knew that they were to be people who were to minister before the Lord. And this was the prophetic word, the prophetic promise, and we are now stepping into this, that we are to be a nation where all of us minister to the Lord. We don't just delegate one tribe, the tribe of pastor, the tribe of music group. Yeah? We don't just put the Levites there and say, guys, you get on with it. We'll put money in the bowl or EFT it or however we're going to do it. You do it on our behalf. And, uh, and then we'll call it good. No. We are not delegating our worship and our ministry to the Lord to somebody else to do it on our behalf. No. We together as the people of God are being built into this family. And he's mixing these images on purpose. Because why? He's speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit inspires him to speak and to write these things. Because the Holy Spirit wants to convey to us all of the nuances of what it is to be a people who are God's people. That we belong to him. We belong to him for a purpose. That we might minister to him. That we might be a people who live for him and for him alone. This is radically different from, hey, hey, Joe Soap, your life is terrible. You don't know God. If you come and give your life to Jesus, everything will be sorted out and you'll have a happy life. So come and be a Christian. That is only a tiny fraction of what the gospel is actually about. If we make that the big be-all and end-all, people kind of like, but hang on, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you didn't tell me about. It's not the fine print, it's the big print. Why didn't you tell me about the big print? You just gave me one little thing from the fine print as though that was all it was about. Yes, the Lord, because of his goodness and his kindness, he releases his favor to us. And it's just like, oh my goodness. In the worship this morning, absolutely finished again. Great. This is your faithfulness. You've always been there. And you always will be there. Oh, it's who you are. It doesn't matter what we go through. God, you're going to see us through. Of course he's going to see us through. But more than these benefits, the ultimate purpose is that we might be a people who are ministering to the Lord. 
we're all called into the ministry. Yay! Every single one of us, we're in full-time ministry. Yeah? We all love Jesus. Not just on a Sunday morning, but every day of the week. 24-7. And if we love Jesus, we belong to him. We're now being made into this holy nation, this royal priesthood. Amen. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, not just priesthood, but royal priesthood. Amen. We're the kids of the king. We're royalty. So it's absolutely fundamental for us to understand, as Peter is bringing these different things together, of what it is that we're actually after. You see, we're not just here to sing some songs. We're actually here to minister to him, to bless him, to pour out our love on him. And it's going to look different at different times. Think about the woman with the alabaster jar. That was pouring out of love. That was worship. That was adoration. The religious people, oh, oh, mm -mm. we don't do that. Put your hair away. See, Peter, he's saying, you guys, you, you've been built together. There's a purpose. You're going to declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into light. You're this royal priesthood. You've been built together that you might be the people of God. And he's drawing from Exodus chapter 19 on purpose by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as we saw, chapter 19 was all about the people encountering the glory of God. The cloud of his presence comes down. That thick, dense cloud of his presence. And Moses, he gets the pattern for the tabernacle. That portable place of encountering God's presence. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The portable tabernacle of His presence wherever we go. And we saw how when the cloud came and the glory came and the people saw the glory of God. This is what we made for, that we might be his people, chosen by him, to experience his glory. So then, when they get into the promised land, turn with me to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 5. 
They've been wandering around in the wilderness, and there was the tabernacle. Then they cross over the Jordan, and they go into the promised land. There's the conquest for 40 years, and then they, they've got the place. And they live there. They're under God's rule. They then get into the age where they want kings. David has, has it on his heart to build a place of worship, a place for God. And God says, your son Solomon will do it. Some issues with blood on your hands, David. But it's all right. David has the most incredible encounters with God. Come back to that another message on another day. Because it's David's fallen tent that is going to be restored in the last days. So we need to go back and look at that one. But right now, Solomon, they built this temple. Okay? Verse 13. The trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give thanks and praise to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord. And they sang, He is good. <laughs> and His love endures forever. And then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud. And the priests could not perform their service. Many of the translations are a little bit more accurate. The priests could not continue to stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Much like Moses had experienced when he had completed building the tabernacle. God came in his glory. And there was fire. The presence of God, the glory of God came in such an extraordinary way. Here, now when they've built the permanent structure, the temple, God comes and he fills it. And he fills it in the most extraordinary way. And like the dream that you had, they were not able to stand. Some of the translations, they use some of the Hebrew, the Shekinah. The kabod, the weighty, heavy presence, the substance of God invaded that place. And sometimes there's such a heavy, weighty presence of God that actually our physical bodies cannot stand. 
if you go and do a little bit of a word study, it says that they were unable to stand, meaning they did not have the power. Because there was a greater power that invaded. Sometimes when God moves in by his power, we... we, we We kind of like have a power encounter. Sometimes our physical bodies, they, it, it shows, it demonstrates that actually his power is present when the invisible becomes visible. Like when Eskim is working and you stick your fingers on a live wire. You, you, you're going to tremble. You're going to tremble because of that power. And sometimes when God invades with his power, there's a trembling and a shaking of our physical bodies. And it's okay. But these people, they saw the glory of the Lord fill the temple. Remember Peter saying, but you are living stones being built together. Goes on in chapter six. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. The, the re cross reference in the Bible is to Exodus 13 that we looked at, God will dwell in a dense cloud. Dense cloud, dark cloud, the kabod, the weight, the heaviness, the denseness. Solomon, he's seeing what's going on in the temple. And he said, oh, this is God. God said he would dwell in this dense cloud. When God comes in, he's coming in with his presence. Because like we noted last week and the week before, that it's his presence, it's the cloud of his presence. The cloud, the pillar of fire by night, cloud by day. It was his presence that was among his people. And this cloud, this presence of God comes and invades the place. And the people of God see the glory, the, the Shekinah, the outshining, the, the brilliance, the display of who God is to the measure that they could handle. If God showed up in all of his brilliance and splendor, we'd be obliterated. God kind of like downsizes, or should I say right sizes, to what we can handle. Because he doesn't want to destroy us. It's just, just amazing. All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 19. 
Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. So this is Paul, he's writing to the Ephesians, and he's using similar kind of imagery that Peter was using. He's saying, hey, you, you're not foreigners, you're not strangers and aliens to the, the covenant of God. You now are members of God's household. You've been adopted into the family, you are now the people of God. Yay. Verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Where have we seen that before? In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. As you come to him, the living stone, so you also, like living stones, are being built together. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. You together, living stones, family of God, structured and built together, as each person is in their proper place, as each person is doing what they need to do, so the body is strengthened and built up. And so we, together, the living stones, we become the dwelling place together corporately of His Spirit. In a whole other way than what we experience when we're as an individual in my direct connection with God. You see? Because I'm in Christ Jesus, and because of what Jesus has done, I have free access to come into the Holy of Holies. This is Hebrews. Right, he's created a new and a living way. So as an individual, I get straight access to the, fr to the throne. Right? Yay. But there's something that's a little different when we come together and we've been formed together and built, established and God comes by His Spirit in a very particular way when God's people are cemented together. Yeah, we're not just throwing a bunch of bricks together. That's a construction site. It's not just a clump of bricks all in a pile. No, it's actually being set in place. You know, our cruisomatic mentality 
harms us. Because we think, man, if I'm just a bunch of bricks, I'll just be another brick. Not in the wall, but on the pile. We just want to be another brick on the pile. We actually, I have my freedom. Cancel culture. I'll go if I feel like it. It's kind of, no. Don't you know how important it is that you rightly fit? I mean, we were singing about, hey, living stones and I belong. What, what's the whole thing about belonging? So that people can clamp down on your freedoms? No. So that you might experience more of the Holy Spirit that you would never otherwise be able to experience if you were just on your own or in a pile. Amen. All right. See if we can end this. Hmm. So what's the dream? What are we going after? What's this all about? Is it numbers? <laughs> My dad taught me too well. Even the crowds deserted Jesus. If you're trying to build crowds... Wasting your time. Family, now that's another thing. But I also had a little revelation. That Acts chapter 41 comes before Acts chapter 42. Massive. You know, 41 comes before 42. Because Acts 2, 42 says, they devoted themselves. Not casual inquiries. Not come if I feel like it. Devoted. Devoted themselves. Gosh, these guys were fanatics, man. They met every day Whew. devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to prayer fellowship breaking of bread supernatural signs and wonders this is what they were the early church verse 41 says and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In other words, the family that lived tight, took care of each other, was a very big family. Yeah? So that's the dream. A big family. Well, what's the point? 
many, many of you are of a certain age category, and you probably would have seen a film called Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. And this guy gets this, this dream to build a baseball field in the middle of Millie Lands. He's American, so they didn't call it Millie's. Cornfield. Shame. And, I mean, it's, it's not a, you know, it's just a secular kind of thing, but he builds this, this, this uh, diamond, um, this baseball diamond in the middle of nowhere. Literally, it's the middle of nowhere. And the phrase was, if you build it, they will come. And the they were these, you know, deceased legends who were, you know, disembodied spirits. I told you it's not Christian at all. Because otherwise you start getting to all kinds of crazy things about ancestors or whatever. It's kind of like, no. Okay? But then out of nowhere, all these cars come. Because like, how is he going to pay for this whole thing? And no advertising, whatever. Cars just come and they come and watch these legends play. And the whole thing was, if you build it, they will come. And I've read various Christian articles on this and that, whatever, you know, like for a building project or whatever, if you build it, they will come. You know, it's kind of like, so the Lord put a little twist on that because I'm not sure that that's necessarily a right way to approach it. But this is what I felt the Lord was saying to us. If we build it, He will come. He will come. What are we building? We're building a household of faith. Living stones. That he might come and dwell among us. That's the whole thing of tabernacle is to dwell. He wants to be among his people. We see that right at the end of the book. He, heaven comes down and he dwells. God makes his dwelling place. With man, it's always his heart and his intention. If we build our hearts together, it's not about bricks and cement and steel structures, although it's helpful. It is helpful. You know, this is a bit more comfortable in here than if we were out in the sun. No aircon. If it was raining or the wind blowing, it's more comfortable in here. Are we okay? Yeah. So it's useful, it's helpful, but it's never about the container. It's always about him. And yes, we're going to have to build a bigger container. It's kind of like it's a no-brainer. We'll do that. 
is always about purpose. The wineskin is never about the skin. It's always about the wine. Five, five, five this morning. Triple grace. Not just double portion. He's pouring out his grace. I looked to Daryl in the worship this morning because he knows my personality quite well. See if there's a spelling error internally the alarm bells go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if something's not straight poor musicians, if there's a note that's not on whatever it is. It's just that's how I'm wired. Partly it's God's gift to me so that if somebody is erring from the scriptures, That's right. you can quickly see it's off. There was a line there in the worship this morning. I see, and the original is, I see a new revival. But we sang. I see a now revival. It's a now revival. Come on, let's stand. Felt the Lord saying, It's a now revival. It's a now revival. God is doing phenomenal things in our hearts and our lives. Don't wait for the future. Jump in now. In your own heart, pursue him. Stir up a hunger. Yeah? Ask the Lord, increase our capacity. Friday evening we we went out for dinner with some, some friends that have been part of Breakthrough. In fact, I think they were the first couple to actually come and join after we, we were here. And um, been through so many different seasons. And the Lord has just poured out un... It's extraordinary favor. Let's just put it that way. And um, so there was a starter that was shared on the table... It's kind of like, man, that was so nice. I got to the end of the start. I was kind of like, okay, I don't know that I've actually got much, much space for the mains. But you know when the mains came? The capacity came. What's my point? Don't wait for the mains. You have to save your capacity. No, no. Jump in now 
with the starters because they're delicious and nutritious. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, the richness of your word. You yourselves are being built up together. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that we might declare the praises of our great God. Now that you've come and you've tasted that the Lord is good. So Lord, we want to come and partake even more. We thank you that you are building us together. You're causing us to belong. You're causing us to be established. And it's way beyond just for ourselves. It's so that we might be in place to help build and strengthen others. So that together and collectively we might experience your presence in a whole new way. So thank you, Lord, that as we build it, you will come. And when you come, many, many will be drawn. Many will come to taste and see. Many will be blessed, strengthened, encouraged, restored, delivered. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let this be our corporate dream. That we're here for you. We're not here for ourselves. We're not here for our own blessing. We're not here for our own delight and pleasure. We're here for you. Whatever it is that you would have us do. We lay down our lives that we might offer worthy sacrifices to you. That we might exalt your name. That we might fulfill the very purpose that you called us out of darkness. And you brought us into light. Lord, we're asking in these next days, in this next season, this now revival season. Lord, stir us up again. Stir us up again. Enlarge the place of our dwelling. Stretch our hearts, stretch our minds, stretch our spirit. Cause us to grow, to come into a place of greater stature and maturity. The city of Joyburg needs you. This nation needs you. This nation needs us to be in our place building the place of your dwelling. Let your glory come.
may your name be magnified and glorified in each one of us today for the rest of this year the rest of the decade in increasing measure have your way mm. can you just put your hand on your heart and just begin to pray for yourself that the Holy Spirit would begin to do that inside of you and you can pray out loud it's okay Uh, turn to somebody near you and just begin to pray that they too would be that living stone. Right place, right time. Being strengthened. Begin to pray out loud. Pray for them the way that you wish they would pray for you. With a bit of intensity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know that you are doing good things in this time, in the season. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing way beyond what we're even, even able to see with our own eyes. That you're orchestrating things behind the scenes. Thank you, Lord. That again, you will pour out your spirit anew and afresh on your church and on your people. Thank you, Lord, that again we will see those days of Pentecost again with thousands of people in a day. Thousands of people in a day turn to the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord together.